chapter twenty seven of the double life of mr alfred burton this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox org recording by kathleen the double life of mr alfred burton by e phillips oppenheim mr waddington also with his hat at a very distinct angle indeed with a fourpenny cigar ornamented by a gold band in his mouth burton sat before a hard-toned piano and vamped pretty music the chocolate soldier he remarked with an air of complete satisfaction in his performance miss maud who was standing by his side with her hand laid lightly upon his shoulder assented vigorously and you do play it so nicely mr burton she said it makes me long to see it again i haven't been to the theatre for heaven knows how long burton turned round in his stool what are you doing to-night he asked nothing the young lady replied eagerly take me to the theatre there's a dear right o he declared i expect i can manage it miss maud waltzed playfully around the room her hands above her head she put her head out of the door and called into the bar milly mr burton's taking me to the theatre to-night why don't you get mr waddington to come along we can both get a night off if you make up to the governor for a bit i'll try was the eager reply that is if mr waddington's agreeable maud came back to her place by the piano she was a plump young lady with a pink and white complexion which suffered slightly from lack of exercise and fresh air and overuse of powder her hair was yellower than her friend's but it also owed some part of its beauty to artificial means in business hours she was attired in an exceedingly tight-fitting black dress disfigured in many places by the accidents of her profession you are a dear mr burton she declared i wonder what your wife would say though she added a little coyly not seeing much of ellen just lately burton replied i'm living up in town alone oh she remarked mr burton i'm ashamed of you what does that mean i wonder you men she went on with a sigh one has to be so careful you are such deceivers you know what's the attraction you he whispered what a caution you are she exclaimed i like that too after not coming near me for months what are you looking so scared about all of a sudden burton was looking through the garishly papered walls of the public-house sitting-room out into the world he was certainly a little paler haven't i been in for months he asked softly she stared at him well i suppose you know she retorted pretty shabby i thought it of you too after coming in and making such a fuss as you used to pretty well every afternoon i don't like friends that treat you like that makes you careful when they come round again i'd like to know what you've been doing ah he said you will never know that perhaps i myself shall never know that really again get me a whiskey and soda maud i want a drink i should say you did the young woman declared pertly sitting there looking struck all of a heap some woman i expect you've been gone on you men are all the same i've no patience with you not a bit if it wasn't she added taking down the whiskey bottle from the shelf that life's so precious dull without you i wouldn't have a thing to say to you no not me nor milly either we were both talking about you and mr waddington only a few nights ago and of the two i'm not sure that he's not the worst a man at his age ought to know his mind special scotch there you are 
mr burton hope it will do you good burton drank his whiskey and soda as though he needed it he was suddenly pale and his fingers were idle upon the keys of the piano forte the girl looked at him curiously not quite yourself are you she inquired don't get chippy before this evening i don't think i'll give you anything else to drink when a gentleman takes me out i like him to be at his best burton came back it was a long journey from the little corner of the world into which his thoughts had strayed to the ornate artificial-looking parlor with the turkey carpet upon the floor and framed advertisements upon the walls i am sorry he said i had forgotten i can't take you out to-night i've got an engagement how i shall keep it i don't know he went on half reminiscently but i've got to the young woman looked at him with rising color well i declare she exclaimed you're a nice one you are you come in for the first time for lord knows how long you agree to take me out this evening and then all of a sudden back out of it i've had enough of you mr burton you can hook it as soon as you like burton rose slowly to his feet i am sorry he said simply i suppose i am not quite myself to-day i was just thinking how jolly it would be to take you out and have a little supper afterwards when i remembered i remembered that engagement i've got to go through with it another girl i suppose she demanded turning away to look at herself in the mirror he shivered he was in a curious state of mind but there seemed to him something heretical in placing edith among the same sex it is an engagement i can't very well break he confessed i'll come in again you needn't she declared curtly when i say a thing i mean it i've done with you burton crossed the threshold into the smaller room where mr waddington appeared to be deriving a certain amount of beatific satisfaction from sitting in an easy chair and having his hand held by miss milly they both looked at him as he entered in some surprise what have you two been going on about the young lady asked i heard maud speaking up at you some lovers quarrel i suppose the moment was passing burton laughed a little hardly perhaps but boisterously maud's mad with me he explained i thought i could take her out to-night remembered afterwards i couldn't say old man you're going it a bit aren't you he continued shaking his head at his late employer mr waddington held his companion's hand more tenderly than ever at your age he remarked severely you shouldn't notice such things milly and i are old friends aren't we he added drawing her to him well it's taken a bit of making up my mind to forgive you the young lady admitted what a pity you can't bring maud along to-night she went on addressing burton we're going to frascati's to dinner and into the oxford afterwards get along back and make it up with her you can easily break your other engagement burton swaggered back to the threshold of the other room hi come along maudie he said i can't take you out to-night but i'll take you to-morrow night and i'll stand a bottle of champagne now to make up for it don't want your champagne the young lady began leastways she added remembering that after all business was supposed to be her first concern i won't say no to a glass of wine with you but you mustn't take it that you can come in here and do just as you please i may go out with you some other evening and i may not i don't think i shall to-night just happens to suit me with a last admiring glance at herself in the mirror she came into the room burton patted her on the arm and waved the wine list away the best is good enough he declared the best in the house 
just what you like yourself price don't matter just now he counted a roll of notes which he drew from his trousers pocket the two girls looked at him in amazement he threw one upon the table back to horse maud asked legacy milly inquired burton with some difficulty relit the stump of his cigar bit of an advance i've just received from a company i'm connected with he explained would insist on my being a director i'm trying to get waddington here into it he added condescendingly jolly good thing for him if i succeed i can tell you miss maud moved away in a chastened manner she took the opportunity to slip upstairs and powdered her face and put on clean white cuffs presently she returned carrying the wine on a silver tray with the best glasses that could be procured here's luck burton exclaimed jauntily can't drink much myself this bubbly stuff never did agree with me and i had a good go at it last night maud filled up his glass nevertheless touched it with her own and drank looking at him all the time with an expression in her eyes upon which she was wont to rely take me out to-night dear she whispered i just feel like having a good time to-night do burton suddenly threw his glass upon the floor the wine ran across the carpet in a little stream splinters of the glass lay about in all directions they all three looked at him transfixed i am sorry he said he turned and walked out of the room they were all too astonished to stop him they heard him cross the bar-room and they heard the door close as he passed into the street of all the extraordinary things maud declared well i never milly gasped if mr burton calls that behaving like a gentleman maud continued in a heated manner mr waddington patted her on the shoulder hush hush my dear he said between ourselves burton has been going it a bit lately there's no doubt that he's had a drop too much to drink this afternoon don't take any notice of him he'll come round all right i can understand what's the matter with him you mark my words in two or three days he'll be just his old self has he come into a fortune or what maud demanded he's left you hasn't he mr waddington nodded he's found a better job he admitted kind of queer in his health though i've been taken a little like it myself but those sort of things pass off they pass off milly looked at him curiously he was suddenly quiet why you're looking just like mr burton did a few minutes ago she declared what's the matter with you can you see ghosts mr waddington sat quite still yes he muttered i see ghosts they looked at him in a puzzled manner then milly leaned towards him and filled his glass with wine she touched his glass with her own she even suffered her arm to rest upon his shoulder for a single moment mr waddington appeared to feel some instinct of aversion he seemed almost about to draw away then the mood passed he drew her towards him with a little burst of laughter and raised his glass to his lips here's fun he exclaimed poor old burton End of chapter 27